Hey everyone, it's Tali from the Astro Twins, and I am so starstruck and excited to be here with Patrick Watson of PatrickWatsonAstrology.com. Uh, hey, how's it going? Hi, thank you Hi. for having me. Oh yes, I'm so glad you're here. And well, the reason why we are just so starstruck by you is, you know, you're kind of a wizard. You have this real knack for connecting historical trends to what's happening in the stars. And I've loved watching that. I learn, unbeknownst to you, I learned so much from you about that. And I think you just, I'm, I'm so excited that you're, you're here. Um, for those of you who don't know Patrick, um, He's a professional astrologer, obviously, who practices a blend of modern and Hellenistic astrology, which is really cool that you do both of those. People sometimes go into one or the other, so, you know, but I know you're a Libra son, so you got to stay right on both sides of the scales. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, and you say you're passionate about planetary cycles, um, who, right? And, and the historical references and also the exoteric astrological correspondences. Uh, you definitely are a prolific creator of astrology content. You have a lot up there on your site. And I absolutely love your articles, your videos. And as you say, your savage memes. You do make a savage <laughs> meme. <laughs> what is it in your chart that brings out the meme maker in you, do you think? Uh, I think, um... Uh, well, I've been told I have kind of a, a wicked sense of humor. So, like, I'm not always terribly charitable in my humor. And I think I attribute that to having Mercury retrograde conjunct Pluto in Scorpio by one degree. Oh, so I have, a, I have a very yeah, Plutonian Mercury. And uh, I, uh, you know, I, I swing for every joke I, I can, even if it doesn't land. So <laughs> I, I yeah, found humor, I like... but I also was born with Mercury retrograde in Scorpio. Oh, okay. Myself. So we have two of us. So yeah, maybe that's why we got into this weird profession. Cause I know you told me that you went to music school. I went to art school. So what, how do you, how did, how did you get into astrology? Let's just, I'd love to hear that. You know? Well, um, well, my mom, my mother was into astrology and, um, she uh, managed to get, uh, she made sure to get the birth times of me and my brothers, and she had a massive book collection. I remember I first read my first horoscope probably at age seven in the Reader's Digest, and wow. I thought it was fascinating, but I, I didn't know which sun sign I was. I didn't know if I was really a Libra or a Scorpio, because I was born right at the, you know, dividing date. So I asked my mother, and uh, she happened to know because she took down my birth date and birth time and uh, so she explained to me that you know I actually was a Libra sun and I was almost a Scorpio sun but not quite but it hardly matters because I have the moon in Scorpio and like tons of other planets in Scorpio so um, I wanted to know what my chart said around maybe the age of 12 and wow. um, my mom so my mom read my chart to me um, and I think it was very interesting how she had to navigate explaining Scorpio to a 12 year old um, <laughs> yeah uh so How the birds and bees talk came right, from a different yeah, angle yeah, right exactly there you go yeah hey kid um, let's talk yeah so i devoured every astrology book she had and um i then i went online and i found even more astrology content and then i discovered other astrologers were talking on a myspace group back in the days of myspace oh, wow. and that's where i met my mentors chris brennan and nick dagan best and 
I that's how I was introduced to Hellenistic astrology as well as the kind of um, almost neo-Babylonian exoteric approach of uh, uh, Nick Dagan Best where he really focuses on the sort of um, unfiltered sort of planetary cycle correlations you know irrespective of any kind of cultural uh, overlay you know mm-hmm. so I so I, I feel like I'm very much a I'm I'm kind of their astrological love child, um, <laughs> and uh, I sort of incorporate both of their approaches. And um, so, uh, you know, I, I was only about 17, and I've been studying astrology for years. I started blogging about astrology around 21 while I was going to school for music, and I, I, uh, you know, I was trying to decide between the two very responsible careers of being a musician or being an astrologer. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't really, uh, I couldn't really decide. But I ended up just kind. Of, I know, right? Yeah. Well, I on the one it. hand, I can make a lot of money. On the other hand, I can make, you know, no money as well. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't a. Uh, yeah, it wasn't, either one. It was, yeah. 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 It wasn't a decision about money. Obviously, I, I did not go into a career for money. But uh, in any case, I uh, enjoy what I do. Um, I used to be. Uh, a music teacher and that was one of the ways I was able to make money through my degree in music uh, specialized in vocal music choral music and um, I so I uh, I do I, I did all that but what I thought was kind of interesting is that in some ways I felt like I wasn't really studying two different disciplines in many yeah, ways the chords, the difference between, when I was, yeah right right when I was studying music I uh, in a weird way I was studying the sort of harmonic structures which you kind of see repeating in in nature as well so I was kind of I think music is what astrology sounds like I Um, love that totally get uh, that too yep so Mm -hmm. yeah I'll I'll have to slap that on a t-shirt or something um (laughs) there's your next uh, savage meme yeah (laughs) yeah so I yeah so that's I, I so eventually I found myself at uh you know, at 29, I'd, I'd already done a ton of blogging, but I kind of guess I decided to sort of make it official and, and uh, you know, really accept, you know, being, a, you know, a more professional astrologer. And um, so, yeah, I spoke at the ISA 2016 conference and I've been in uh, a lot of uh, different print uh, newspapers and, and uh, I was in uh, featured in the Wall Street Journal and oh, cool. Washington Post. Uh, uh, there's a blip of me on, you know, on uh, on Fox and New York Times, and so I, I, I for like, it, as in many ways, it was very, very strange because I kind of, I was a music teacher by day and yeah. like an astrology teacher by night, and I wasn't really like, I was kind of in the closet in some ways at work, you know, about being an astrologer, and it's like, you know, I, <laughs> I'm like, I'm just kind of, you know, doing my day job like as a music teacher here on the side, and then on the other, I'm like you know, being quoted in Washington Post about Hillary's birth time, you know, it's, uh, it was, it's very surreal, but yeah, yeah I'm now sure I'm here. It is. Yeah. Now I, but, uh, you know, now I, I feel like I've kind of taken the plunge and, uh, you know, here I am doing it full time, doing my, doing my and thing. Do, and creating some really amazing tools too. I mean, I love, on your website, you have so many great like teaching, like classes and your videos, you know, you just go into these complex spreadsheets that you've created for people and is there anything new that you have that you're working on right now before we dive into talking about jupiter and well yeah um i i think i have uh you know potentially idea to well one i'm gonna probably start from regular videos again i've taken a bit of a hiatus from that but um 
I've been thinking about potentially um, compiling my first book as well as um, you know, uh, making a proper course because I don't really have uh, like classes that I've made, but a lot of people have been requesting that. And uh, so it just takes a bit of time and effort to set that up because I'd want to make sure I do a really good job of it. I wouldn't want to half-ass it. So, oh, if I, <laughs> sorry, if I can, sorry. We're, I shouldn't we're say allowed that. to say that on the okay. Starstruck right. Summit. Okay. We're a little rock and roll lightning. <laughs> All right. Here, okay. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, I want to make sure that's okay. Yes, um, children watching. <laughs> all um, those children watching. Um, <laughs> well, it might have been you uh, at age seven, right? So you right, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, uh, well, actually, it's kind of funny because I, when I was teaching high school choir, um, I had a I had a couple of students who actually discovered my videos online, which must have been quite the discovery for them. Like, wait a right. sec, that's my music teacher, right. you know. Um, and uh, it's funny because I had one I had one student come up to me after class because, and they kind of wanted to like. I know, I guess they were kind of trying to um, make fun of me because they knew that, you know, this would be kind of a strange thing to, to get out. And I was just like, well, you know, I keep my job separate. You know, that's the last we have to really talk about this. But then I had another student who wanted to, you know, who wanted to talk about like the, the videos and uh, uh, it turns out they wanted to know more about that chart. <laughs> and I was like, um, I really can't do that as your teacher. You know, I, I'm not, yeah, I'm only here what? to teach about music. I'm not here to teach anything about astrology. So, although, you sorry. know, conjunctions and yeah. trines and squares could all, you know, sort of probably yeah, align with various I, chords and harmonics and things, right? Right. Yeah. Maybe. Way. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot there, but I, yeah, I wouldn't, I, I felt it was important, very imperative, really, to just <laughs> stick very closely to my Keep job. the divide. Yeah. Well, on the note of all things scholarly, I'm really excited because you um, are going to talk to us today about Jupiter in the 2020s because you know we were talking a little earlier about how there's a lot of heaviness around the new decade like people are really you know obviously we have a lot of intense things happening you know down here on earth whether you know about astrology or not as well yeah. as up in the skies the outer planets are doing all kinds of things but you know Jupiter it's going to give us a little sparkle, a little glow up. And, but you know, why, why, you know, why did you feel that was necessary? I mean, how are you feeling about kind of the weightiness of the Pluto and Uranus returns of the U S and everything, you know? Yeah. I mean, understandably there's been a, I mean, I feel like just even since the Uranus Pluto square, you know, the yeah. 2010s, I think people have been apprehensive, I think even in denial, I remember one point in, I remember a time back in 2006 where people were like, oh, it's probably not going to be that big of a deal, you know, and then it like comes by and it's like, okay, this was a huge deal. Um, I, I have, uh, you know, been looking at these transits with some trepidation for a very long time. And I have, uh, I released a video, uh, almost two hour video on uh, the Saturn-Pluto conjunction called uh, Sunshine, Rainbows, and Daisies. Um, <laughs> a, bit, <laughs> like, well, because, a little irony there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a very tongue-in-cheek title, um, but it has to do with the idea that, uh, you know, because a lot of people say that we, you know, we shouldn't fear monger about these transits, and I agree. I don't think you should uh, fear monger. On the other hand, I think sometimes we almost go to the the other extreme where maybe we don't talk more frankly about you know some of the challenges how exciting pluto the ruler of the unconscious and right. you know saturn, saturn the lord of karma are meeting up on january 12th Woo -hoo. yeah yeah it's it's i mean it's you know that's definitely one of the most um austere and kind of 
alarming, you know, uh, planetary cycles out there. And it's coincident with, you know, some of the hardest things that our species has had to deal with. And so, uh, you know, I, I tried to treat that with, I think, the kind of respect it deserves without kind of unduly, you know, making people like frightened or, or scared. And so, you know, uh, and sometimes I've been accused of like, you know, fear mongering, and I don't want to fear monger. So I thought, well, then, you know, while everyone's talking about, you know, the Saturn Pluto conjunction and the Uranus return of the United States and, oh, and the, uh, you know, Neptune return of the Civil War and uh, other kind of concerning things, uh, I figured I would talk about Jupiter. And Jupiter's a fun, fun guy. And, uh, yes. um, you know, I think, you know, Jupiter brings some levity to the proceedings. And so I thought I would try to be a voice for some of the cooler, better things that we might be able to expect from the 2020s. And the reason why I was really drawn to this, in addition to that, was the fact that um, Jupiter just happens to be making uh, conjunctions to every planet beyond it within a five-year period and that's and so I thought that, that's very rare right i don't yeah i mean i'm not sure i mean maybe it, well i think it's it's well, more it's likely cycle but yeah well yeah it's going to be more likely when uranus and neptune and pluto are kind of in the same neighborhood mm -hmm. but i still you know i thought it was still kind of a remarkable uh thing that uh you know in the first five years of the 2020s jupiter will be kind of taking this this tour of the uh, solar system and, and for those of, of you who are a little newer to astrology, because I know we have a range of people listening, Jupiter is that whatever Jupiter touches, it kind of brings some sparkle and joy and uplift, at least some glow optimism up. to a glow <laughs> up. Exactly. There's no better way to say it. It is the, it is the galactic glow stick, isn't it? You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And it'll be really interesting too, because, you know, we'll get a really clear example kind of of what the combination of Jupiter is with each of these planets. You know, like you said, Jupiter kind of, it makes grand whatever it touches. It makes it more uh, epic and more uh, kind of royal or majestic and uh, it ennobles, you know, the, the planets that it comes into conjunction with. So if you know the basic natures of the planets, then you can, you know, you can combine those themes and you can understand what kinds of things will be in the zeitgeist at the times that those transits are happening um so i will be looking back at the previous times that these cycles have happened in order to make projections about what kinds of things we can expect to see on a more general level as well as in particular charts which will be hit hard by some of these transits um right. you know that will give us an idea of what to potentially expect from uh you know this early part of the 2020s at least I would, I'm so excited to hear that because, you know, it's true, you know, at any time in history, at any point in history, there are wars going on, there are, there is destruction, there is, you know, and, and yet we as a human species do, you know, we find those moments, you know, even the, you know, the dark yeah. towers. Well, it doesn't find that Jupiter, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, well, and that's, that's actually a really important point. Um, these things are always happening, but it's only at these, you know, specific junctures with, you know, especially the hard aspects of conjunctions when, when two planets are opposite across from each other in the zodiac with 90 degrees, you know, in a square with each other that 
uh, you know, that these things really kind of come to light and that they're more um, just sort of present in the, in the zeitgeist, in the kind of yeah. um, collective conscious. And I know, like, so the first ones are happening very soon. I mean, in, in yeah. 2020 with Jupiter and Pluto, right? So what do you yes. what do you make of that? We've got three dates, I know, April yes. and November for that. Yes, yeah, so April 5th is the date of the first one when it goes exact mm -hmm. at, uh, at 24 degrees of Capricorn. And then when Jupiter goes retrograde and conjoins it again, it will do that on June 30th, 2020 at 24 Capricorn again. Mm -hmm. And then Jupiter will make its final pass, its final conjunction with Ju with Pluto at 22 degrees of Capricorn on November 13th, 2020. Three times. Um, three times. Yeah. So 2020 will definitely be a very, um, I mean, in addition to being a very Saturn Pluto -y year, also a very Jupiter Pluto -y year, which is kind of odd. There's, a, there's like, you know, the Jupiter power principle is empowered at the same time that the uh, Saturn principle is, is really being empowered right? as well. Yeah. Um, and there's, well, there's, of course, a whole, that's a whole, almost a whole other topic into itself, you know, as far as understanding how each part of that co-presence relates to, um, you know, the other components within it. So, uh, but yeah, with Jupiter-Pluto, um, one of the, uh, I actually just recently wrote an article about this uh, Jupiter Pluto cycles seem to be coincident with times when um, really uh, <clears throat> amazing and fundamental discoveries are kind of made about the uh, kind of origins of the universe and on like it's it kind of uh, it expands the vistas of discovery to extremely large and extremely small scales. So, for example, wow. um, the Jup there were Jupiter Pluto aspects in active in the charts of uh of, it was active in the chart of george lemaitre who was born at a jupiter pluto conjunction and he discovered that the universe was expanding at a jupiter pluto conjunction and from that is how we have the theory of the big bang of how wow. the universe began so <clears throat> we really uh you know th there was kind of an insight that was reached into a kind of a fundamental feature of you know our universe and then um the uh the father of microscopy uh, Anthony Van Lewick, I think is how you say it. Uh, he was born at a Jupiter-Pluto conjunction, and he um, he discovered the first bacterial life, uh, microscopic life forms at a Jupiter-Pluto conjunction. Wow. So you know the, the so so the, it was the uh, it was the insight into an uh, it was the vistas of discovery opening up into. Uh, the extremely impossibly large scales of the cosmos and impossibly small scales of the, you know, the, of the tiny, of the microscopic world. And so that, that's in keeping with, you know, Pluto's uh, associations with extremes. Um, as well as kind of the hidden things that aren't visible. Right, and Jupiter, the yeah. The things that are like seen yet right. we don't understand well, always. And even, and even the discovery of Pluto itself uh, figures into the Jupiter-Pluto uh, oh. cycle when the when the observatory where the where it was discovered um, was built. That was at a Jupiter-Pluto conjunction, and the the um, the girl who named Pluto she was born at a Jupiter-Pluto conjunction, and then the planet itself was discovered uh, not long. Uh, it, it was uh, actually the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction happened after it was discovered, but it was kind of as Pluto was entering the popular consciousness. You know, is when you started getting you know. 
the the dog from you know Disney named Pluto and right. the cultural you know it's sort of like Jupiter welcoming Pluto into the culture. Oh my um, but yeah, so, so yeah, so there's some interesting things that I think that uh, the fact that it's happening in Capricorn this time, I think indicates that the, the, uh, it'll, it might be a bit more of a bummer this time. We might be discovered, there might be a, an insight into a kind of limit uh, to what we can find out or even literally discovering like an edge or walls to the universe. Um, Where we have to abide by the terrestrial laws of climate change and right, not, yeah. never ending. There's something, yeah, no, exactly. The, natural right, even. yeah. So the vistas of discovery will extend to the impossibly large and the impossibly small, but um, but it will be in such a way that uh, we what we discover will be more Saturnian. Um, it'll be something about a limit or a boundary or a, an edge something that we can't cross past so i almost wonder if it'll <clears throat> ignite kind of a movement of sustainability or even just people realizing that you know i have enough this is enough where does my you know where it's always yeah. like amassing more and more and right. more could it be that you know yep i mean maybe uh <laughs> the other the other side to Jupiter Pluto, which I've noticed, which I wrote another huge article about, is its connection to uh, philanthropists, uh, the charts of uh, philanthropists and 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 um, giant uh, charities which are made, and um, you know some of the most successful companies on the planet, big banks, and the uh, sort of uh, Jupiter this because Jupiter is kind of if we were to kind of ascribe a. Uh, I suppose a political philosophy to Jupiter might be um, the aristocracy, the kind of aristocratic, where it's sort of high-minded, you know, more ennobled uh, kind of way of thinking, but then conjunct Pluto kind of brings it to a sort of extreme edge. And so I think what that amounts to is uh, the ultra wealthy, you know, so for example, right. uh, Bill Gates was born at a Jupiter-Pluto conjunction. Uh, one of the wealthiest men on the planet. Um, huh. Right, Warren Buffett was born at a Jupiter-Pluto conjunction. Um, Bill Gates started Microsoft at a Jupiter-Pluto opposition. He started the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the wealthiest charity in the world, at a Jupiter-Pluto conjunction. Oh he left god. Microsoft to focus on that full time at a Jupiter-Pluto conjunction. Oh so my god! You know, so like you kind of see this ongoing theme of like you know massive amounts of of wealth being put towards sometimes good causes like in, through charity but also sometimes through um uh, uh enterprises which are designed to kind of try to control um the political system through you know uh, uh through the means of you know concentrated wealth uh you know influencing public decisions so Absolutely. there's there's that kind of pluto um dynamic of of uh kind of extreme control like it can be extremely good and it can also be you know um sort of a extreme in a in a more negative sense more well, i think you know jeff bezos is born on january 12th the day <clears throat> of the saturn pluto conjunction exactly and it's, so it's just everyone's yeah. watching him to see and doesn't yeah there's something with china as well like the birth chart of yes. china that connects no, to this right that yeah that's that's great that you brought him up because yeah he's definitely going to be someone to watch because the jupiter pluto conjunction will be happening on his son as well as the saturn pluto conjunction so i feel like um you know, he'll definitely be, oh, by the way, Amazon was created at a Jupiter-Pluto um, conjunction in 1994. 
So I mean, it's parents garage, he claims. What right. Was, yeah. Watch what's going on in your garage, parents. And if you're having a kid on April uh, 5th, June 30th or so, November 12th, they might save the world. So, you know, I think the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction will definitely have uh, some interesting implications for uh, big business and Amazon would be no exception, especially considering how personally that hits uh, Jeff Bezos' chart for sure. Yeah. Um, so that is Jupiter and Pluto. Yes. That's, a little, that's a little taste. Nothing, um, nothing minor going on there, folks. Uh, <laughs> just got to save the world philanthropically. <laughs> Big decade dreams. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, because that, yeah, that's the beginning of the new 13-year or 12-year uh, Jupiter-Pluto cycle until the next conjunction, which happens, yeah, 12 years later. So mm -hmm. that is kind of like a kickoff in a sense. So Jupiter conjunct Saturn uh, occurs on December 21st, 2020 at uh, zero degrees of Aquarius. And so this is definitely a more, um, I think this is definitely more of a, an opportunity for hope, I would think, because mm -hmm. I think that it means, because Saturn, the Saturn principle is, you know, to, it, it, uh, is to control and to regulate, um, you know, more sensibly. You know, Saturn's the adult. You know, Jupiter is the Jupiter is the party animal, uh, but <laughs> but Saturn is the adult, and so you know, in traditional astrology for centuries, you know, astrologers have been looking at the conjunctions of Jupiter and Saturn to extrapolate, you know, uh, uh, information about the its uh, about the kind of general socio-political economic organization of those societies. And so, what's really fascinating about this particular conjunction is that this is the first one of the next like we're entering a 200 year jupiter saturn uh, uh cycle of where it's only happening in air signs so we're coming right. out of the past 200 years where jupiter pluto sorry where jupiter saturn conjunctions happened in earth signs right and so now we're moving into the air quality and so i think the the way that we can understand this and i think the way we're already kind of seeing this because of the of the one like it's weird when it's in between two periods, there'll be like one in an air sign, and then one in the. So it was that Libra one. one in like. There was the Libra one in the eighties. Yeah, exactly. Two, I think or eighties. That yeah. was like because mm -hmm. that was the first one in the in an air sign, but this is the first one where it'll continue being an air sign. Continue because it was in Earth signs, right? For yes, yeah, a couple so, of centuries. Yeah. So the way that we can understand that is, I think the Jupiter Saturn conjunctions in the Earth signs was all about the our industrialized the rise of industrial societies which were you know uh relied on oil and coal and fossil fuel extraction and everything was about oh, yes. you know ex you know using utilizing the materials of the earth you know and that's that really i think is captured by the fact that you know jupiter saturn conjunctions were happening in earth signs but now you know with that first uh jupiter saturn conjunction in libra in 1991 it wasn't long after that that we kind of got like the internet, right? And, All the uh, airwaves, and I think yeah, PIP was <laughs> exactly, like yeah. Right so, yeah. so it seemed like we were kind of on the way to something new. But then in 2000, Jupiter conjoined Saturn one last time for one last hurrah in Earth sign. So we're coming to the end of that final Earth sign. I feel like that's right. Part that was of, May 2000, I think. Right. Yeah. So uh huh. Exactly. 
So, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, that's no, that's that's great. It's great to point you, that out. You have been someone who's inspired me to do that with your uh, <laughs> astrology. Oh, so thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, you're very welcome. That's that's very flattering. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so Jupiter, uh, Jupiter, Saturn conjunctions will now be carrying their air signs, and I think what this kind of portends for the next 200 years is that we're going to reorient our um, socio-political economic systems are, that are, uh, around um, around the exchange of information because air yes. science. So I think everything's going to become more digital and I think more decentralized. You know, and I think especially since we're seeing the rise of things like um, you know cryptocurrency and blockchain and uh, all of those kinds of innovations will would potentially enable a society to organize itself in uh, a more decentralized way. And I think the very notion of air is that it's diffuse and that it, it, it oh, right. you know, to blow us about and it's, it's, but it's kind of invisible too, you know? So, you know, we'll be sending the signals through the air in a sense, you know, the, where uh, it'll all be about communication and, and the exchange of information and ideas and that those will be really the, the things that uh, power society. I mean, we've already talked about society in that way, you know, they, um, we're in a information economy you know we are and that's, it's really that's where the currency like without do you think that without this earth influence we won't necessarily need tangible things that we can touch and hold in order to feel their value yeah well we will yeah i, I will get a little more into that with uh, uranus and taurus um because that's another planet jupiter will be meeting up with Oh, so yeah. that's going to be an that's going to be an interesting one. You know the thing about, also about Jupiter and um Saturn together in air sign is like there've been a lot of cities talking about upzoning and like yeah. new floors to be, you know, higher buildings to be built and with resources kind of shrinking. I mean, I think we may actually even see cities needing to reorient themselves and you know right. that airspace becoming more um you know valuable than land you know right we will well it also makes more sense too as you know as climate change affects the uh you know affects the coastlines we're going to see a massive influx of people coming from the coast going into the inland we're going to see sort of more migration and i think that um the you know it will, it will be to kind of people's benefit in some ways to be in smaller communities where they can rely on more of their local resources because then that cuts down on um you know pollution and and sort of all of the 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 hidden costs of having giant metropolises so i think this is going to be another part of um the uh the air mutation you know of uh, oh. the jupiter saturn cycle communal living kinda, and having to sort of because it, it will communities. yeah um, uh, but yeah. it will but it will still be digital like it'll be sort of like oh. uh, We'll kind of we'll almost be breaking down the kind of rural urban divide, you know, when people just kind of uh, will be almost existing in their own nodes, but connected to each other, you know, digitally and and being able to kind of and it's going to look a bit different. You know, than, uh, I know it's going to be really interesting. Forget about uh, hoarding your land, people. Uh, right. Or just put a commune in your backyard. Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> right. You have your own micro farm. Uh, micro yeah virtual but, commune yes. yeah <laughs> so uh those are some of the cool things to expect from jupiter saturn um jupiter is will be conjunct neptune 
um, at 23 degrees of Pisces on April 12th, 2022. Wow. So um, Jupiter Neptune, I think, is probably one of my uh, more favorite uh, cycles to analyze because um, it just comes through in such vivid ways. You know, Mm -hmm. Neptune is the planet of visions and illusions and and dreams. And so in a very practical sense, uh, you know, in our society, Neptune is cinema. Neptune is the escapism of entertainment, of the, you know, of uh, the mainstream trends that we just kind of jack into and zone out, you know, uh, the, um, the, it's our, it's our cinematic spectacle. So for example, um, it was at the last Jupiter Neptune conjunction in Aquarius that Disney bought Marvel. And then the Avengers movies, uh, as the M- you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been established, that really, um, you know, the, the main fate is, what's really weird is that Disney and Marvel themselves labeled their films as being part of phase one and phase two and phase three and phase four. And those phases actually correspond directly with the quarter cycles of the Jupiter Neptune oh, wow. cycle. So every phase, like, so literally no they way. said the end of phase two, end of phase one was, uh, the Jupiter Neptune square. And then the end of phase two is the Jupiter Neptune opposition. The end of phase three was Jupiter. So we just got to. Right. We just, this, did we just have exactly. phase three in 2019 we, with the three yeah, Jupiter so, Neptune squares? Yeah, exactly. So oh. yeah, this Jupiter Neptune square this year was all about the biggest movie, you know, most profitable movie ever made practically, you know, Avengers Endgame. It's this giant, oh my you know, God. cinematic spectacle of, you know, seeing all of these here, the, these visions brought to life, you know, uh, the imaginations of, uh, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, you know, coming to life in this completely unprecedented way in this just massive, just, you know, uh, amazing, you know, cinematic that is Jupiter uh, spectacle. giving a serious exactly. blow up to imaginative yeah. escapist. Exactly. Network. But they were you like got squaring. It. It's so interesting that at a square <clears throat> it pushed that. So the conjunction Absolute. is going to be really interesting so yeah Yeah. so so what i think will be really uh, interesting to watch out for in jupiter neptune uh neptune's entrance into pisces has really coincided with the rise of streaming you know and i think it's funny that we refer to consuming entertainment as now binging and streaming it's all watery (laughs) you know and then an addictive kind of word yeah and, and and even the shows that are popular you know like stranger things and Euphoria, you know the oa yeah. that they're all um they all have to do with kind of uh you know the idea of like parallel worlds and like different timelines and like kind of imagining like a slightly different version of our own reality at neptune you know this is this is the imagination of a completely synthetic or unreal you know, scenario. So. And yet I'm very glad that because Jupiter and Neptune are the co-rulers of Pisces, so they're meeting up in their native sign there. What do you make so, of that? <laughs> so I, what I, so this is the last, this is the last conjunct, this is the last aspect, uh, the last like really hard aspect that Jupiter makes to Neptune while it is in Pisces. So I think that is really going to be the last final hurrah of this form of entertainment. Mm. Um, it'll be like, a colossal <laughs> uh, send-off, a a a, uh, a cinematic spectacle for the ages. Uh, the movies that come out in that year will be uh, likely will be uh, astonishing classics of this era. I think we'll look back on the Neptune and Pisces 
period as you know this wonderful one for films and it's interesting because when we when we look back at the other time that neptune was in a jupiter ruled sign sagittarius mm -hmm. that was from 1970 to 1984 so that's when we had the first star wars trilogy and that's when we had et and you know that was I when was born i had my childhood through all yeah of that. so exactly neptune it was Sag. Yep. it was it was the first time that people used the word blockbuster to describe these giant cinematic spectacles of that age and that's when imax was invented and that's when i mean yeah, so movies were such a big deal i mean yeah, we so, only had i you know i was born in the 70s we had black and white tvs and then you, right the movie was the theater was that ultimate escape arena. exactly so <laughs> neptune and sagittarius the neptune neptune sagittarius period was really like the ultimate period of like the uh um adventure blockbuster you know this is the age of like indiana jones and yeah. you know han solo you know dominating the the multiplex so so uh you know and it's so funny that now you know when neptune when neptune first ingressed into sagittarius that's when um lucasfilm was founded and then when neptune entered pisces in 2012 that was when disney bought lucasfilm so they that's when they bought star wars and then um, you know, we got the, um, and the prequels actually, the prequel trilogy also happened when Neptune first entered Aquarius. So we kind of see like a, you know, these new phases of this, you know, franchise, so you know, as Neptune goes through these different signs. And yeah, even on a more woo-woo note, Neptune um, in Pisces has really brought, you know, yoga and psychedelics as healing and ayahuasca ceremonies, shamanism. It's, yeah, it's really... channeled astrology. You don't right. read the invisible realm is accepted. It's like, it's perfectly acceptable to read a book that was channeled from some 10,000-year-old entity. No big deal, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely a more... Uh, there's definitely been a, is is a lot more um I guess uh, malleability and 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 open mindedness and sort of flexibility that people are, are willing to entertain, and I think it comes from you know Jupiter's you know rulership of uh, of Pisces you know that people are kind of able to have I guess uh, you know more receptivity to. Yes, yeah. uh, I sort wonder of thing how people are really... going to consume these next. The Ju I'm I'm like it may be yeah. an immersive experience with giving what you know, AI, oh, AI, virtual reality. Right? Oh, that is, well, that is the next, yeah, okay, that is the next frontier. And I think that yeah. that is absolutely going to be, um, that's going to be a huge deal. Actually, you can track most developments in cinema to the Jupiter-Neptune cycle. Anytime we do something cool with movies, like a new kind of an innovation, it's a Jupiter-Neptune thing. Like when sound first, well, when colors first came to the movies, that was Jupiter-Neptune. When, when, uh, uh, you know, when we had, uh, well, actually, that last Jupiter-Neptune conjunction we had in Aquarius is when uh, Avatar first came out. So I think it's interesting. That was, that, a, big have, that was, that a, was big a big deal. That was a big deal. That was a big deal. Not only was it one of the most profitable movies ever made, made the most money, but it also, you know, was 3D. And that was when 3D kind of got a resurgence. You know, I saw then, it in 3D at the theater and I, yeah. I was hallucinating. It was, it was amazing. In a very way, I know. It was, it was astonishing. It was, it, was, it was like entering the alien world itself. I mean, it really, that was total escapism, right? I oh mean, it, it's like a drug almost. You know, so, I know, I literally was like, who needs LSD? We have Avatar. <laughs> just, you know, I, and, so. 
So the Avatar sequels are coming out, and they're all and apparently the Avatar sequels are going to be based around um, like water. Apparently, the next Avatar sequel is going to be all based around like water civilizations and diving and going underwater. And so naturally, you know, Neptune and Pisces, Jupiter coming in. You know, guys, can of, you hold up on the premiere till twenty twenty two? Right, I really appreciate yeah. the technology There's, to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> right, it is good. Well, I think that's by the t- that will probably be by the time that the next uh, sequel comes out after that. So, yeah, Jupiter, Neptune, and conjunct Je- Jupiter conjunct Neptune and Pisces will be you know the cinematic spectacle. You know, will be the um, the new the new phase of uh, the way people um, consume and what kind of things people enjoy having. It will change though after Neptune goes into Aries. That will be a oh whole That's different. That's one that I'm like, what do you even? Can we just talk about that for a minute? You know, you want to talk I know about we're that on the galactic minute? glow up, but I really would yeah. love to hear your take on Neptune going into Aries. That's gonna be all right. Okay, so first, not we'll to bring us down it. here, but this is just fast. This is yeah, fascinating right? outer planet movement happening. Um, you know, with Pluto moving into Aquarius in 2024, yeah. and Neptune, and then Uranus and Gemini. It's so just, Neptune yeah. is so Neptune is entering uh, Aries. I think it enters like a couple of times, but I think, right? 2025 or 2026. I think 2026 maybe mm-hmm. looks like March 2026. Is oh, that is now. right. Uranus is moving to Gemini. <clears throat> April yeah, yeah. So let's get our Mercury and Scorpio yeah, right. going. <laughs> so. Uh, the way that I am sort of looking at the Neptune Aries cycle, it, I, there's a few things I can say about it, but I'm not ready to. Uh, okay. But as far as the Jupiter Neptune uh, cycle is concerned, I would think that what will become popular uh, with Neptune and Aries is um, more individualized entertainment. Um, you know how you know, one big problem that movie theaters still have is, you know, these movies take so long to make that there are theories that abound and then fans are disappointed when the theories don't come true or there are tons of leaks and spoilers. And, you know, this is a giant problem really for, for, uh, you know, movie makers. They have to, you know, go to these extreme lengths. So I think what would make sense as a solution to that would be to create, um, movie experiences that are basically directed by the viewer themselves you know because the sun wow. is exalted in aries so it has to do with kind of like oneself and the idea of like you know being the hero so i would think that you know what will probably become more popular are like almost like um almost like an immersive video game experience like a yeah. virtual reality movie where you're kind of following a plot but you know it's it's like halfway you between a movie and a video game Zelda yeah or, you know. so Right. So instead of uh, yeah, so instead of like complaining about how you didn't like the how the Star Wars you know movie went, maybe you could just be the hero in the Star Wars movie, and yes. depending on what you do, you would you know you would create the movie yourself in a sense. You would find your own story, and uh, I think it would it was it would be maybe it might be a time when like video games kind of meet movies in a more true sense. I was um, thinking that too. There's a Black Mirror episode where yes, this guy yeah. goes in and has like, you know, him and his friend are playing the multiplayer game, and then in the video game, one of them, you know, they wind up like going at it with each other, which is hilarious. Well, actually, I, I, yes, yeah. Well, I, there was a there was that uh, Bandersnatch Black Mirror episode where it was an episode. It was like a movie practically where you could like choose your own ending, and you could choose make oh. decisions through the 
episode, it would give you like a prompt saying like, do you want to take the pill? Do you not want to take the pill? Do you want to talk to this person? Do you not want to? And so they filmed like, you know, five hours of footage, you know, but as you go through it, you can reach one of the, you know, you might only see like an hour and a half of it. So you have to like make different choices to see all of the different things that they came up with. So I think that this sort of more individualized, customized, uh, uh, you know, self-directed entertainment will be much more of a thing during Neptune and Aries. And then, you know, since it's War by Mars, I imagine maybe that will be a big period for war movies for some reason. I, yeah. uh, I suppose. Uh, adventure sports. I think since people, you know, yeah. where climate change will lead us. I mean, we may actually, you know, have to, you know, have virtual reality take us into nature right. in some ways, you know? Well, and, you know, I think back to the previous Neptune and Aries period, and that was when the first uh, photography was taken of war. That was the first time that uh, photographs were taken of, um, like, people actually in war, and that had a big impact on the way people in, uh, saw war. Was that um, in the Civil War era? The Civil War, yeah, that was, was the Civil War, because Neptune war. returned. Interesting. Hmm. Right. And the um, the other thing about Neptune and Aries is I, I read about a, uh, I, I read something really strange that people used to do in like the 1860s and 1870s when Neptune was in Aries that they kind of created, uh, they would erect these huge tents and kind of make um, <clears throat> these environments inside the tents that would allow people to imagine that they were in locations that they weren't oh, oh. so well it kind of makes me think like it was basically like an early version of like virtual reality totally, almost yeah. so uh yeah so i thought that was interesting as what well, you know because now we have like the technology to like take that to you know un unimaginable levels so Which uh that's Pluto kind of Aquarius will be dovetailing with do you think that's gonna right yeah that? potentially yeah potentially oh. i mean pluto uh, Pluto and Aquarius will be kind of, uh, you know, radicalizing what Uranus in Aquarius brought about and what Neptune in Aquarius made sort of mainstream. You know, it'll, it'll be kind of revisiting those topics that were kind of introduced in those eras by mm -hmm. those respective planetary So the complexes. aughts and then the... So yeah, that's what I had to say about Neptune and I have a lot more <laughs> to say about it, but I'm currently we'll working on... We'll have to have on... you back for, you know, I don't know, <laughs> whatever we do next with... Yeah. Um, yeah. I really can't wait to hear your take on it, but this is amazing. To... So oh, is Jupiter you. hitting anything else? Yes. Yeah, so then the final event uh, that is hitting with... Uh, within that five-year period is uh, uh the final one is uh, jupiter conjunct uranus in taurus at 21 degrees of taurus and that is exact on april 21st 2024 right so huh. so uranus jupiter uranus conjunctions generally because uranus is a planet of um kind of uh, disruption and rebellion and innovation you know the jupiter uranus conjunctions tend to be times when like uh really um uh, not just revolutionary discoveries, but like inventions are made that like upset the established order, you know, like it, uh, or disruptive technologies, especially. Mm. Um, so like, for example, like GPS was created, you know, during a Jupiter Uranus uh, conjunction in Sagittarius and that, you know, that's allowed people now to go anywhere they want, even if they don't know where to go. Like it, uh -huh. it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you're Never no longer lost. bound. You know, Uranus <laughs> liberates. Ah. So it kind of, uh, 
allow it's, people to get out. Yeah, it, it allows people to do things. It allows people to do things that they weren't previously, um, in such a way that it sort of threatens the established order. So a lot of people have been pointing this Uranus and Taurus transit as you know being, uh, meaning a, a period of volatility for the stock market. There was a depression last time Uranus was in Taurus, um, but, uh, but I think the, I think the I think this will be a really important period for uh, 3D printing. Oh yeah. Um, the, the the inventor of 3D printing is Chuck Hull, and he was born at a Sun Uranus conjunction in Taurus, and he wow. created his first 3D printer at the 1983 Jupiter Uranus conjunction in Sag. Um, so this this will be a Uranus return of the creator who made. 3D so printing. was he born in the 40s then? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's very. Yeah, he's still alive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's he's still he's still around. So it to me this is really interesting because this ties back to um, you know these previous Uranus and Taurus periods were times when uh, we kind of uh, we made inventions which made the production of textiles and fabrics easier. So for example, the um, what was it the spinning jenny. You know, it was created during a Uranus and Taurus period. A lot of people make clothes faster. You know, and oh, right. you know, the the sewing machine was uh, invented during a Uranus and Taurus period. And of course, the sewing machine, you know, took it it liberated people from having to literally hand sew, you know, clothes. Clothes. So, so you know, fashion. You know, it's it, that's totally a Taurus thing. You know, because Venus rules Taurus. Venus is the fashionable planet. Exactly. Are... Yeah, I wonder but what more products are going to be like. I heard so, that they're actually working on three D printing food. Yeah, so I so I think oh yeah, and the other thing that happened during the last Uranus and Taurus period was the uh, invention of nylon. Uh, you know, which uh -huh. was weird because that I mean that was a uh, kind of a disruptive revolution because that uh, basically you know, allowed us to create like synthetic, you know, materials for clothes, you know, making clothes out of chemicals. All the workout gear that than... we have to this day, you know. <laughs> right. So Uranus in Taurus, I think is going to be a time when we are able to, I think it will be a time when uh, people are able to maybe, I think by the end of this decade, probably we'll be like designing our own clothes and printing them up in a living room. I mean, you know, it'll be a time when you can, uh, you know, the, the it, it won't be a... <laughs> like what's fashionable won't necessarily be dictated by like luxury brands it will be by you know there'll be like independent uh you know designers who become big because they made an app which allows you to you know actually do make that design and, and then just print it up in your living room whenever i've, has I've a, heard that that i talked to someone who goes to parsons school of design the fashion school here in new york and she was saying like that there's they're already testing that out which happened yeah. over the last year like you can go in and custom make it'll just knit right. sweater so you get to choose a silhouette and have like it, with, you know. i mean imagine imagine like uh just being able to scan your body into the computer and so the computer knows exactly what size your clothes would have to be and then when you go to when you go to amazon you know you just click on the you know the design you want and then it could print up like your outfit in your living room <laughs> that would make you know, again jeans shopping so much less right exactly you know so many of us <laughs> it would you know you could uh you, you could just like make your own uh wardrobe and it would fit you exactly and you oh know? and the and, whole um, thing is you can actually print it you think this uh, that's true people actually could have 
3D printers in their homes. That, yeah, you could just like, print up your own thing. To like yeah. have that home equipment that revolutionizes everything, huh? Totally, totally. I mean, there's actually right around the ingress, uh, there were there were there were these uh, demonstrations of a a machine which washes, dries, and folds your clothes. Um, I need that so, in my life. I hate, <laughs> right? I hate you need, doing laundry more than anything. <laughs> you need that in your life more than anything. Yeah. So <laughs> I feel like that's Uranus in Taurus, like oh my god, like, yeah, full full uh, effect. You know, like you know, it's it's very new right now, but I mean, it won't be like you know as we go on. And my Taurus brother-in-law, my sister Ophie's uh, husband, uh, he's May sixteenth, probably right around the degree of that Jupiter. Uh, Uranus so conjunction. Uranus conjunction. He actually does have a whole three D printing lab set up and is really getting into wow. it. Wow. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to report this to him. Yeah. Be very yeah, happy absolutely. to hear, <laughs> Jeffrey. You have so. There is, uh, I, all right, so there's definitely one person who we're going to have to keep a big eye on for this Jupiter-Uranus conjunction. That's Mark Zuckerberg, who has his son at the degree of the conjunction oh, of Jupiter wow. and Uranus. And so what I think this, what I think this is kind of an allusion to is the fact that, you know, as Uranus has entered Taurus, I think that, you know, uh, since Taurus has those associations with like material value and money, um, that, uh, you know, a cryptocurrency, which is the disruptive technology surrounding money, will become much bigger deal. And as of, you know, Uranus entering Taurus, Mark Zuckerberg is proposing a cryptocurrency for Facebook called Libra of all called things, Libra of right? all things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so don't try to get in our astro space unless <laughs> not with right. respect, Mark. You know, <laughs> right, right. So, well, you know, but I think it's funny how uh, Libras were complaining about that. And it's like, you know, I think cancers have it worse, you know, <laughs> right. it, you know at least you're named after a, a disease, dreaded disease, you know, dreaded you know? disease. yeah. You have so, to be Jenny <laughs> on the blockchain, get over it, honey. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so, you know, Saturn's going to be, uh, when Saturn goes to Aquarius, Saturn is going to be squaring Uranus and Taurus. And I think that this is going to be a time when the entire notion of cryptocurrency and like liberated money like this is going to be regulated. You know, that's going to be when we're taking a more Saturnian hard look at that. But when Jupiter comes to Uranus, that's going to make it go. Boom. Like, that's I think going the Saturn-Uranus squares are going to uh, kill I think this, net neutrality too, or regulate our internet use, perhaps. Uh, potentially, but I think that's kind of already happened um, is, over the course of this Pluto, because uh, the uh, Ajit Pai, the guy who was yeah. the head of the FCC, who kind of made the final decision Cap on that. Is he a Capricorn? As yeah, well, he had he had uh, Pluto conjunct his son. Yeah, when he oh, was making boy. that decision. So yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's sort of to be expected. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, but I think for Zuckerberg, I think it will mean that, you know, that it's hard to imagine how, you know, as wealthy as he already is, how this could be any bigger, like how, what he could achieve at this point that would be even bigger, you know, than um, what he's already done. And the only right. thing that would make sense is that he, she is able to get, you know, a cryptocurrency off the ground. And I think, it's hard to appreciate how significant that could potentially be uh, because right now cryptocurrencies are just basically speculative. It's based on any number of factors. No one really knows what makes it go up, but if you were able to power 
if you were able to uh, base a blockchain's, oh, sorry, if you were able to base a cryptocurrency's value, like driven through the power of social connection, like if that was how you were able to solve the equations that were necessary to mine coins. If anyone could do that, it would be Mark Zuckerberg. And if there was a site that everyone was already on where they could potentially benefit financially from all of the activity on the site, then it would be Facebook. So, I mean, or I feel Instagram, like- Instagram, even people don't always well, often forget that he owns he, he Instagram, owns Instagram too. Yeah, yeah, he owns Instagram. So, uh, you know, I think, you know, the Libra cryptocurrency could potentially then be used on the, these different platforms. And if, I mean, people are already, you know, spending a lot of their lives on Facebook anyway, but if people are actually able to make money from like posting a picture of their dog, well then expect a lot more pictures of dogs. Okay, um, <laughs> right. I know. know. I mean, it's so weird. It's like that, just as it like him and Jeff Bezos are kind of like, it, they, these wealthy people who are their birthdays and sun signs connect to like some pretty significant events and we right. do have all this Capricorn energy coming in so these you know billionaires you know right. I mean do you think that the, the billionaires are going to continue to rise to power you know like have I think that I think it's I, th oh, I mean the, I think uh I think it's I think it's unsustainable uh <laughs> i think there's no such thing as infinite growth i mean that's the only dark side of jupiter is that uh you know saturn is necessary still um to kind of like the, temper right the... you know you cannot yeah you cannot own all the wealth one person cannot own all the way like things have to be more fair and that's why saturn's the exaltation lord of libra you know it's yeah. the there's a certain level of like equilibrium that just has to exist for things to be like balanced and and just normal um, and sustainable. And so I, I think, you know, since Jupiter Pluto has those connections with billionaires and the acquisition of massive amounts of wealth, I think one side of the um, Jupiter Saturn Pluto conjunction that you could probably uh, sort of imagine is that Saturn in some ways will be tamping down, I think, on there'll, there'll be a desire to kind of establish limits on what you know, uh, people of extreme power can do. Because remember, this is a very Capricornian Jupiter-Pluto conjunction. So it's much more about setting like a boundary on rather than like- Yeah, Jupiter at least is in, Jupiter is in fall in Capricorn. I have to admit, even being a Sagittarius sun, having Jupiter in Sagittarius in 2019 was extra, extra. I think things <laughs> got really big and blown up yeah. and a little almost unruly in a way that was you know i mean it was it was quite the fascinating shit show i will say but jupiter being in fall meaning it's in its weakened position for those of you who don't know what that means it's, you know or, or maybe just like it's a little bit you know it's kind of tempered well, and I, yeah. i'm kind of glad about that maybe yeah. i was born with jupiter <laughs> but one of the uh one of the analogies that i use about jupiter and capricorn is for any fans who are for any people who are fans of uh, Game of Thrones, um, there's the character Samuel Tarly, who is a who is a very Jupiterian character, right? He's um, he's he's stout-hearted and a bit stout, but he's very wise and he's very yeah. knowledgeable. He's very scholarly. He is really optimistic. He's very kind, and um, he, he's a real Jupiterian character. But he his father disinherited him and forced him to go to this place called Castle Black, which is a place where they have to guard the wall against the White Walkers and the, you know, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's like wintry there. It's cold. It's bleak. It's depressing. He gets bullied. 
He's, uh, you know, he's made to fight and he's not a fighter. You know, all of the things that make him special as a clever, kind, you know, compassionate and, and wise person are not appreciated in an environment where you need to be strong and self-sufficient and cruel in order to live. And that is Jupiter and Capricorn. Jupiter is in a... It, a great a, analogy. Jupiter is a great person in a crappy situation. Um, but he needs a oh. little time out share, I think, after 2019. And, <laughs> and so after his cycles through Sagittarius, when you get a little bit bacchanalian, uh, it's right. maybe good that he has to, like, yes, hold yeah, it down for yeah. a year, right? <laughs> well, well, right, because it's almost like the things, that the things that Jupiter is good at are not good in this situation. Mm -hmm. um, that's, I think that's really the essence of you know, Jupiter and Capricorn. It's, that it's not that Jupiter is bad. Um, and it should be noted that it, this doesn't just, this isn't just a, a death sentence, basically. This isn't saying that Jupiter just always sucks because in the show, it's only through these hard experiences and his exclusion from being able to participate in his gifts that he's actually able to find an alternate kind of route. Uh, he's able to compensate for this terrible situation and is eventually able to realize his purpose as the, uh, Grand Maester of the Six Kingdoms, you know. Right, right. So it's like it was, it's that correction, a little it, bit yeah, of time of but it, correction. But it couldn't have happened. It couldn't have happened if he was just if he just had everything handed to him. He had to kind of go through what he did in order to get there. So I feel like that's another good lesson for for a Jupiter. A little bit of a hero's kind of journey kind of year. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. Um, yeah. Dark yeah, Night definitely. of the Soul, or at least just kind of underground. This is, you know. Th yeah. This is definitely. This is definitely the winter. <laughs> this mm -hmm. is this is the uh, the summer of discontent as opposed to the winter of discontent, right? This is the and interest. I think people are okay with. Wi I mean, maybe I I was born with Jupiter and Capricorn, so perhaps mm -hmm. I'm just speaking from the lens of a Jupiter return here. Right. But but from the conversations that are out and about, where everyone everyone's like, oh my god, when is it going to stop? Everything's when is human? You know, it's like we need to take stock of like. You know, the, the, all the, everyone's been very outspoken on Twitter, on here. No one is, everything's unregulated. And, and in a way that has become kind of destructive and, um, you know, there's a lot of fire sign kind of clashing. And I think that that winter time to kind of may help us to appreciate the resources that we have. We kind of, that well, yeah. excess that Jupiter and Sagittarius can stir up or... Well, that's already there. Amplify, right? Yeah. I mean, I think especially starting January, I think there will be a, you know, as I've talked about before with Saturn Pluto, it's going to the zeitgeist will be one of kind of um, fear and doubt and uncertainty because, and I think one of the major reasons that could happen is potentially an economic slowdown because that causes mm -hmm. people to have to hold on to their resources and, and causes you to become more fearful for losing. You know. It, it's not going to be a time for charity. It's going to be a time for kind of holding on to what you have. Everyone's kind of, you know, on edge. And, uh, um, you know, it's bears, it bears uh, mentioning uh, that Jupiter was in Capricorn during the 2008 recession. Right, right. There's and, a lot uh, of that. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, the other thing, and the other thing about that is that Jupiter, um, you know, since Jupiter's like generosity and, and wealth and, uh, and and justice and things like that, that in some sense, w when Jupiter's in Capricorn, justice or, or aid, help is kind of given to like 
like the people that it doesn't really want to give help to the people um plutonian wealthy banks well right well yeah bailouts and well exactly the bailout the bailout was you know jupiter coming to the rescue of like the people who perpetrated it. You know? I know, it's a little bit. It's like, it's like, they shouldn't have. Well, right? and that's, and yeah. that's one of the, and that's one of the sort of more negative manifestations of Jupiter is like injustice. You know, if Jupiter is supposed to be about justice, then, you know, this is the last thing that Jupiter wants to do, but it kind of had to. The banks had to be bailed out if we were going to, you know, not have to suffer a, the, you know, a full on, uh, you know, global depression. So, it was necessary, you know, you could argue, and that was the thinking about it, but no one liked doing this, you know, no one right, wanted it. Right. No one wanted that, and maybe, <laughs> no maybe one... that will spur, you know, what the first of the Jupiter, you know, the Jupiter conjunct Pluto, right. like that yeah. kind of fill in, but the more philanthropic or the invention of these, you know, I'm, I'm being a very optimistic, yeah. being very Jupiterian yeah. here, but, you know, April, June, and November, if you're feeling the winter, you know, like what, what amazing development will come forth from that kind of, you know, <clears throat> constriction that may happen, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we might also see that as the kind of uh, approval aid coming again to sort of like the wrong people in a, in a sense. Oh, um, <laughs> and, and, and while, and while that, um, and I understand that like some people may say, well, that, that sort of betrays like a kind of a biased view uh, there's also a more positive way that you can kind of see this. There's a lot of instances I've been finding uh, with Jupiter and Capricorn where there's a criminal justice reform movement. So extending mercy towards prisoners. So these are people who have done something wrong. You know, they have done terrible crimes even in some instances. And so, for example, the United States uh, briefly abolished the death penalty through uh, in the Jupiter Capricorn period. And so that was, there was a huge outcry about that because they said like, this is injustice because these are murderers and you know, these people deserve right. to be killed. But then other people were like, but you know, you have to be merciful because this is, you know, what, like prison is enough. Like you don't have to commit the same crimes against the people who committed these crimes, like to be a really just society. So you can kind of see how that- I'm thinking about that Jupiter Saturn as they're just speaking of prisons. Like in right. Taurus in the 2000s was under Bill Clinton. He had his three strikes. And there's a lot of people who are in jail for <clears throat> selling marijuana. Now as marijuana is getting legalized, I wonder if there'll be sort of some, you know- uh, uh, Forgiveness potentially yeah. extended towards people who have committed minor offenses. Yeah, the mine, yeah I, right, who've been locked right. up for 20 right. years. Right, it's, yeah. it's wild. And I think that, uh, yeah, it, it, it does make you wonder if that might be a, a particular theme, especially because I've established that, you know, Saturn, the Saturn and Capricorn periods are all about like the establishment of prisons and, um, you know, which makes perfect sense, obviously, for Saturn and Capricorn, you know, it wrecks walls. Uh, right. Even as, well, Saturn's a Capricorn now, and we have, you know, uh, building a wall on the southern border, you know. And then of, the of last the time, States. I think, Core and, Civic, the first privatized prison, exactly, was actually, right? Estab yeah, so uh, hopefully yep. Jupiter and Saturn and Aquarius will unlock. So Jupiter, Pluto, yeah, so yeah. Jupiter, so in another way, that's another way in which Jupiter might be good, is that it will be entering this, you know, uh, area where normally it's not expected, right? We don't typically want to extend mercy towards people who, who have committed crimes. But, you know, when Jupiter's in Capricorn, we may be more willing to exercise people 
uh, exercise uh, justice toward or mercy towards people who mm. normally wouldn't expect it or maybe wouldn't want to have to, but just to do the right thing, we can have to. This is why Jupiter has a difficult time in Capricorn because Jupiter has, in order to fulfill its function, it has to do things it doesn't want to do. Uh-huh. You know, we don't yeah. want to give people, you know, forgiveness necessarily from people. That, but then in other cases, we do want to give people um, mercy if we feel like the original punishment was unfair. So these are the kinds of philosophical dilemmas which I think are presented by Jupiter and Capricorn. You know, the question of who is in the right to be, you know, who deserves um, mercy or who, forgiveness? Who deserves to be liberated from Pluto's underground and prisons and vaults? Yeah. Right. So Jupiter will have a say in that. This yeah. So yeah. So, so yeah, so that's, that's about all I have to say about uh, Jupiter in uh, Capricorn conjoining Saturn and Pluto, or sorry, conjoining Pluto and Capricorn conjoining Saturn in Aquarius uh, and uh, Neptune, Neptune in Pisces and, and Uranus in Taurus. Um, it's going to be quite the galactic glow up or blow up, you know, it or a little bit of both. Um, yeah. But keep your cameras rolling, everyone, because this maybe the cinematic experience you didn't know you were waiting for, right? <laughs> oh, totally. Hey, that's, yeah, I mean, that's something to look forward to. Uh, the uh, yeah, 2022 is going to be lit. Oh my uh, God, I'm cinema. so ready for the escapism of, you know, it's <laughs> like, so if you really are getting like tired of this world, just wait till 2022. Yeah, you know it'll be I mean? good. It should it's be hilarious, good. like, you know, Susan Miller, the astrologer, was talking about Jupiter when we interviewed her. And she said, Jupiter is Santa Claus. And right totally. now outside of my window, it's been rather, perhaps a bit noisy. Uh, so if you're hearing like little jingling in the background, it's SantaCon is going on right now. <laughs> so a little bit like while we're talking about Jupiter, there have been hundreds of people dressed like Santa Claus streaming down my block in New York. And I just think that's just <laughs> so it's hilarious. We've got some sound effects, perhaps, but you know, like, let's uh, ring in 2020 with some good Jupiter uh, energy for that. So, Patrick, thank you so much for doing this. It was sharing your wisdom and your historical knowledge. Where can people find find you? Where where? Because I know everyone's gonna wanna. Uh, check out your videos and hear more of your downloads and your Neptune and Aries theory as it develops. Where right. Can people check uh, out? So my site is Um I have a YouTube channel which I haven't updated very recently, but I will so be great. I will be putting on uh, more videos. There's a bunch of videos on there, but I will be putting a lot more on there. And um, uh, that's it. Uh, if you just, t- I think it's uh, uh, just look up Patrick Watson Astrology on YouTube. You'll find it. I can't remember the exact URL right now. And you're on. Are, are you uh, and, oh yeah, I'm also yeah, I'm on Twitter at p Watson Astro, and I'm also Patrick Watson Astrologer on Facebook. Okay, so. cool. So you're so you know where to find him. Just think of watson and that's all you need to know no and thank you so much it was great to talk to you you've given us some hope for the new decade <laughs> as well as some advanced preparation you know it's yeah. a fascinating part about astrology like when you start to see the patterns whether it's people born right. under the same sign or repeating history repeating itself we never Absolutely. know quite how it's gonna go but yeah. we can tell the themes and that's why we're so obsessed with this right <laughs> 
yeah, totally. I mean, and there's many ways you can use this. I mean, if you're a filmmaker with uh, positions at uh, that uh, correspond with that Jupiter-Neptune cycle, for example, like make sure your movie comes out then, you know, oh, right, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, and, and you could even look at that and, and think, okay, well, if I'm going to put out a movie in that year, then it better be about water and, and like some sort of underwater tale because like Jupiter, Jung, Neptune and Pisces, that's going to be really big. Um, you know, if you're, uh, you can kind of, um, you know, it allows you to kind of predict like what will be kind of the, the hot thing and uh, there's ways to take advantage of that. Yeah, if you're a real estate developer or you're thinking of buying land, you know, you may want to bear in mind that it could be set up for an, you know, intentional community or, you know, uh, maybe, you know, I know there's like laws that are changing the cities that allow you to put ADUs in your backyard Mm. or built up, you know, just, you know, it's it's interesting, just thinking about, thinking as, as someone who's gone to Burning Man 12 times in a row, I, I actually know the power of communities kind of sharing and building together. So, you know, maybe study some of those principles of the gift economy and think yeah. of new ways of bartering and sharing and creating those types of networks too, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I would maybe... Uh... <laughs> Maybe uh, diversify your financial portfolio in time for the Jupiter-Uranus conjunction. Maybe uh, invest in a 3D printer, you know, see what that's, uh, you know, invest in those 3D printer companies. Or sell Uh, it all and put it in Mark Zuckerberg's if you can live with yourself. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. So there's, you know, I think that's how you, that's why it's important to know. And I think it's why it's, uh, you know, Jupiter shows where the opportunities are. So great point. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you added that in because this isn't just about sitting there waiting for Jupiter to hit the planets. It's about no like we are giving you, Patrick just gave you some good little cosmic secrets of industry here. So Jupiter is right. that entrepreneur abundant. Hey planet. Disney, hire me, please. They <laughs> <laughs> should. Yeah. Oh my God. You should be sitting there like, no. Not well, no more adventures. Let's well, do water. I, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I actually, uh, well, I, I, I actually published a prediction saying that the Disney Plus launch, you know, because it's happening during a Mercury retrograde, opposite the full moon, that they'd have like a bunch of problems with it, and they probably shouldn't do it. But, uh, and it's and while you could probably expect that a new service like Disney Plus might have you know issues on launch day, they specifically dumped millions of dollars into preventing that from happening, and it still did. And not only that, but people's people's user accounts got uh, hacked and being resold on the black market or the wow. dark web. So, I mean, really a pretty bad time to uh, release that. And uh, Yeah, there was I'm a disastrous saying, iPhone release during a Mercury right. retrograde, yeah, so too. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I kind of called it. I kind of called it in August, so you know you can't save yourself proud, millions of dollars. A little bit, just a little. You should be, even though it's like you don't wish that upon people. No, no, I didn't wish it upon them. I, you just want well, them to listen. Right. Well, it's weird because in other ways they have really good timing. You know, they released uh, Frozen Two right at that Venus Jupiter conjunction in Sagittarius, so that made all the money. You know. Right. Um, so. <laughs> They sometimes they get it right on, and then other times the timing is kind of like, okay, why, why, <laughs> why would you do that? Uh, so yeah, uh, it this this is useful. 
It really is. And I love how your Leo ascendant kind of guides you to find patterns perhaps through Hollywood and movies, maybe, you know? Well, I'm, well, I love, I love movies. Uh, so (laughs) I guess that's, uh, uh, part of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know as far as my <laughs> Leo rising is concerned, but I, <laughs> I, don't I think I, I just, I think it emphasizes my son, I guess. Oh, yes. Well, that is so cool. Thank you again so much. It was great to talk to you. Yeah, it was great Check to talk to you. Check out Patrick Watts and astrology.com or find him on YouTube and Twitter. And happy new decade, everyone. <laughs>